Hey, Vergecast fans, after you've gotten updated on the developments in tech this week, come join us at Worldly, Vox's foreign policy podcast. It's Jen Williams, Zach Beecham, and me, Yolchi Driesen, with your weekly guide to making sense of the wider world, the big stories, the small ones, the depressing ones, the funny ones. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app. Come subscribe, rate, review, email us at worldlyadvox.com. We'd love to hear from you. This episode of The Vergecast is brought to you by Qualcomm Snapdragon Gigabit LTE. With download speeds up to seven times faster than typical home Wi-Fi, Snapdragon Gigabit LTE can turbocharge all of your connected apps. You can stream 360-degree videos in 4K with minimal buffering. You can access files on the cloud nearly as fast as you would if they were stored on your phone. And you can download hours of movies or music in a matter of seconds. To learn more, visit snapdragon.com gigabit today. Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of the Verge.mobi slash biz. That's a URL. Mm. You know, a friend of mine today on our Instagram story, she's like, today I learned that URL stands for Uniform Resource Locator. Oh, really? And then her next story was like, I feel so much better about everything. Like, she like made her feel <laughs> What does U- URI stand for? Indicator? Informant? Anyway, <laughs> this is also part of the Vox Media <laughs> Podcast Network, of which... Uh, I maintain that our section is the best section. Absolutely. I'm Neil Patel. Paul Miller is here. Hello. Dieter is out this week. Goodbye. So we're replacing him with a like a rotating cast of luminaries. Okay. So Dan is sitting here. Hey, Dan. Hello. Dan Seifert. Yes. Ashley Carmen is here. Hello. I can't believe you described us as luminaries. Luminaries. Well, Ashley, I, I'm excited that you're here because the other podcast in our fleet the Armada, I've heard you refer to The Armada as. of two two things. <laughs> is your show. Why'd you push that button? Yeah. Which yeah. is going great, and I think people should listen to it. Tell us about the show real quick. So in the show, we talk about decisions we make with technology and more of the social implications behind them. So our past episodes have been about super likes on Tinder, celebrity likes on Instagram, like going back to when my boyfriend liked a picture of a butt on Instagram. You have to listen to the podcast and know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you got to get in there. It's going great. What's your next episode about next Tuesday? Next Tuesday, it will be published very in the, early in the morning for all you Vergecast listeners. So please subscribe so you can listen. But it's going to be about sharing your passwords to Netflix or Hulu or streaming services with your significant others or friends. Wow. And I will tell you that right before we recorded this show, I was listening to them do pickups and it is hilarious. So listen to that. Yeah, there's a very good story from our audio engineer, Andrew, who does the Vergecast 2. You're going to want to hear this story. All right. <laughs> but Ashley's here just because you will I, laugh. I consider Ashley to be my personal emoji expert. <laughs> and I'm going to make her play with an emoji on the phone live. Wait, can I just say my favorite new emoji for iOS is the brain? That's yeah. That's, the brain is serious. great. Um, and then later in the show, our video director, Phil Esposito, who has made the iPhone 10 videos with us and our huge video team. He's been on a real roller coaster of emotions with this phone because he's been watching me use it this whole week. He's going to join us. But that leads me right into it, which is it's iPhone 10 week. Yeah. And it's been a wild ride. You're listening to this on Friday. Our review, our full official review will have published. I'm updating the one on the site and our review video will be up on YouTube so you can watch it there. The review video at this point, Phil is literally editing it while we record it. Hmm. It's hitting like 15 to 20 minutes because there's so much but I think it's going to be good. Is there like a montage where you're like a child and then you get (laughs) a little older and a little wiser and now you're well, there's definitely a montage in which I got the phone on Monday and we published a review on Friday. We, we, we took a picture of Neil when he first got the phone and we'll take a picture when this view, uh, review publishes. <laughs> I look like old we'll Obama. How, yeah, it'll yeah, be old, old Obama, Obama picture. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's been a ride. Explain the situation. What what happened? How did you get the phone? Okay. So usually, I think listeners to Vergecast now, we get things a little bit early. Every now and again, a Vergecast listener is like, Dieter's not talking. How's the thing? Like, it's happened. Mm-hmm. But usually we get things a, a week or so early, and we get a full period of time to review it so that we can publish a review that's, like, informed and well thought out. Last, like, last week we were talking because we did not have the phone. Yeah, it should be very obvious <laughs> when we these were things like, are happening. But Dan operates most of our review program. Mm-hmm. Embargoes are pretty normal, and they serve mm-hmm. a purpose. Readers want reviews to be well-informed. Companies don't want snap judgments. We would like to take our time. Like, it, they work. There are issues with them, whatever. But the fundamental concept is 
you get some time, you agree to not talk about it so that you can publish a good thing at the end, everyone gets service out of it. Apple this time did something different with the 10. For better or worse, I actually think it's fine. We had to work really hard, but that's why we're here. Apple gave us the phone on Monday, and they said you have, in 24 hours you can start publishing. They gave other people some other kinds of access. So I think Matt Panzerino at TechCrunch had it for a week, Nicole Wynn at BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed. Yep. Uh, who is great, by the way. I encourage everyone to read her stuff. I think she's, she's a rising star. Um, she had it for a week, and Lance Hunoff at Mashable had it for a week. So they had it early. And then this was like a controversy that I think was completely overblown. Uh, Apple held a hands-on event for YouTubers, pretty good YouTubers, to come in. They have like a loft here in the city. They basically had the same hands-on access that we had at the launch event. Yeah. And then you got to go early. I think it's great. Like, honestly, that's great. I watch as much YouTube as anybody. We run a YouTube channel. Go crazy. The thing that I think was hard for us was we wanted to, like, participate. And I think our audience, I hope, wants us to participate. So we, like, raced up a 24-hour. I had it for 24 hours. We made a video. So, like, literally making the video while I'm, like, unboxing the phone and setting it up. There was a moment where like, I used a feature for the first time on camera. It's like a lot of that, right? <laughs> so I can't do battery life testing. I can't do performance testing. I, I basically like- Barely got apps installed by the time we had to- Yeah, like it was them. setting up. Like people, like we got a question like, is the phone hot? And I was like, it's hot as shit right now because it's installing every <laughs> app I've ever downloaded in history. All of this is fine. I actually had a really good time making that video. It was like, it was that thing where you're like, there's a deadline and you're like, everyone's gonna work really hard and come together. That video is great. Then we like decided we're going to publish a review because we can publish a first look review. I've reviewed many products in 24 hours before, actually. Motorola it's used to be- It's not ideal, but we've done it. We've done it. Like Motorola used to be super guilty of this. They would like hand me a phone and be like, tomorrow. And I'd be like, all right, everyone, it's a Motorola phone. <laughs> it has a pentile display <laughs> and it's done really it again. <laughs> One more time, right? Uh, so it's like not out of our scope of capability. And- I was like, this is a unique moment for us in that it's rare that I get to he hear from the audience while I'm reviewing the thing. So we're going to go up with like, here's the first draft, ask me questions, I'll update the review, and we'll make a full-on review video with like your questions integrated into it. It's something we've never done before. So it's, an, right, it's a challenge. It's also like a big opportunity. Super excited to take that opportunity. That is all I have done this week is like use the phone, test the phone, monkey with the phone. It's been wild. It's been, it's been fun. And like our whole team is like all around us. Like I, every time I use the phone for like 20 minutes, like another video director like pops up out of a bush and is like, I need the phone and like runs away with it for a while. <laughs> uh, James Barham is constantly taking test photos with it. So we have the iPhone 10. The reviews are out. Here's what I'm going to say. And then we can like dive into the things. It's a really good iPhone. They didn't actually change a lot about the fact that it's an iPhone. So the way you unlock it is different, and the screen is bigger, and there's an emoji. That's large fonts. <laughs> but, like, it's an iPhone. And you either think that is the best thing in the world, and a lot of people do, or you don't, right? And, like, it's not, I think the people who are deep into Android are not going not gonna to be swayed by talking pigs in iMessage, right? And the people who love iOS are not going to be like, this ruined all of my expectations and, like, buy another phone. But I think the people who are like, I want a bigger screen and a smaller package, they're going to be tempted by it. And the people who love really beautiful hardware are going to be like, this is really beautiful hardware. Yeah. Well, once, you dry, once you dive into it, it's the, same, the fundamental experience of it is largely the same as using an iPhone 8. I think it, it's really striking. I can't get over it. I, 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 I remember Dieter was like, don't use the essential phone. You'll hate bezels forever. And uh, like, the essential phone was like, ah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> And the, you know, don't use the, the, the S8, you'll hate bezels forever. And it's like, I, I think the S8 looks beautiful, but it's not really my, my aesthetic. Yeah. And there's just something about the iPhone 10 is really getting me aesthetically. Really? So you think it's, it's visual, when you say it's striking, it's visually striking. It's visually yeah. striking. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, except for the back. No, I mean, so the, what Dan <laughs> is pointing out, because yeah. the back actually looks also just like the iPhone 8. It's glass yeah, back. the back's not great. Uh, but the <laughs> camera bump is gigantic. It's gigantic, and the fact that they switched the orientation makes it stand out even more. And we've got, I mean, if you've seen the coverage earlier this week, we've got what Apple's calling the silver one, which is basically the white one. And I think every reviewer has that model. Yeah, um, I think this is the one they want to show. it is not a flattering color on this phone. It's like not a, f not a pure white. So like if you compare it to the white on an iPhone 
uh, seven or whatever that had a front white front. If you compare the white to that to this, it, this looks dull and bingy. Oh man, we've already scratched the and back of this phone. It's got a glass back that you can scratch. Um, it looks dull and dingy. And then the chrome frame, the surgical steel that Apple claims, just kind of looks kind of cheap to me. Um, I'm I personally ordered a space gray one, and I am very happy that I did not get the silver model. Yeah, I ordered a space gray one too. Here's here's the way I think of the the parts of the phone that are not the screen. It's a tenuous frame around a portal to as what Neil I points out, iOS 11, which is still a thing. But it, it just looks more like a portal than any phone I've seen. Yeah, it's you know what it is, and I, I think this is a really interesting decision they made. They didn't curve the screen around the sides like Samsung does, and the bezels are actually pretty thick, like for what they are. But but regularly thick. Yeah, so it's a it's basically a, a black border with the notch at the top, um, and then like a beautiful display. And I think the black border actually makes the display pop out. Like and I think it makes it look really good. The fact that the display is is basically amazing. Like yeah, it helps sell it all. Yeah, I mean it's right. I mean this is like the Johnny Ive line. Like we just want it to be old display. <laughs> I'm not, we, want I, the, we want the hardware to I'm not paying away. a lot of attention, but that's just a thing I want. <laughs> he like smokes a huge spliff and gets in his Ferrari, like blazes <laughs> away. Gets in his Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an Aston. It's definitely an Aston. Um, uh, I, it's beautiful. Like there's no getting around it. I the thing that struck me as I've been using it more and more is it is the aspect ratio of the display is confusing people. Mm. So it's a bigger diagonal number. It's 5.8 inches and the iPhone 8 Plus is 5.5, but this has a taller aspect ratio, so it's actually smaller. And it's, yeah, it's way more yeah. It's way more like an iPhone 8 than you would expect. It's it reminds me more of going from the 4 to the 5 mm. than from like the 6 to the 6 yeah, Plus. Yeah, it's or basically whatever. a taller iPhone 8. Like it's the same width as an iPhone 8. But yeah. the rounded corners, that's what really confuses me. The the rounded corners mean that you can't I was trying to develop an application the other day on the <laughs> Mac, on the Mac, and I I managed to draw a pixel on the screen. Yeah, you know, in a window, you can draw a pixel on the top left corner. You can draw a pixel on the top right corner, but on a Mac application, the bottom two corners are slightly rounded, which yeah. means I could not draw a pixel there. There's a there's a no go zone. Yeah. So there's Paul a hates lot- rules. I hate. He just I wants to be free. Rules. I want to be free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it, part of what makes this phone look so striking are these curved corners, but there, there's a lot of wasted space. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a ton of wasted space. One of the things that bugged me is that uh, up by the notch, like the notch itself, doesn't actually bother me all notch, that much. You you learn to ignore the notch. Yeah, within exactly. Minutes. Of what I can ignore is the fact that Apple aligned the uh, uh, status bars and battery and time with the bottom of the notch, leaving all this like screen space above them unused. And like, I wish they were just vertically centered between it. I don't think anyone knows what to do with the bunny ears. Like it for the one thing that truly bothers me about iOS 11 on this phone, apart from a lot of things, um, (laughs) is that when you pull down from the left side, it's the notification sheet and it like, it pulls down over the thing, over the display, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And then you pull down from the other side, and the control center like fades in from a nowhere. I, I just, I just want to point. And out I just that don't understand it. Android had that interaction with Android four point four, uh, KitKat, I believe, and they uh, went back on it because it's a bad interaction. I, and also, I, I actually didn't get to this in the review. I don't think it's in there. The only way to see whether your Bluetooth is connected or the battery percentage is to pull down control Oh, this, this annoys the hell out of me. So they, because the notch eats up all that space. And they have all the space above the icon. You can't put the like, percentage number using... on the battery? No. no. You have to pull down control center and oh. then it shows you that what's going on with Bluetooth and send, it shows you the battery Send it percentage. back. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul just verbally spiked this phone into the ground. I am always just <laughs> living life between I live and die by the battery 20 and percentage. 10%. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't care about LTE signal. I don't care about ba- Wi-Fi connectivity status. Like, all that stuff can, like, be through a swipe down. Because if it's a problem, I'm going to look and check it. Battery percentage, I need to know, like, as quickly as possible. So I know whether I'm going to make it or not. Mm. <laughs> it's very dire. It's serious I mean, you business. can still see it. You can Dan, be like, oh, I just imagined your life was like chargers everywhere. 
Well, th- why do you think I have chargers everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you would never having a dead phone. No, no, that's the goal is to never have a dead phone. But in order to never have a dead phone, I need to know what its battery status is. I'm just buying moment. you a battery case. It's going to be fun. He loves wireless. Are they making a battery case for this thing? I, I haven't seen one yet. Um, but I'm sure they will. They may, I mean, I don't. Really? They made one for the six and the seven and the eight. Did they? For it's them? all the same case. Yeah, I guess you're right. A lot of people, by the way, asked about reachability. This whole phone. So the answer, the short answer is it is there. Mm-hmm. The long answer is that everything about this phone requires you to like learn a complex system of moves. It's like wiz- wizarding school. Yeah. So you're like, you swipe up from the bottom. You're like, I got it. Nailed it. I'm going to be so good at using this phone. You figure out face ID. It's like got to be a little closer to your face than you think. We get into that. Levio like, nailed saw. It. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, app switching. I'm into it. And you like swipe up and you hold and you're like, I didn't get it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it again. And then like you start to feel it. You're like, okay. All right, that one was a little harder. You got it. And then it's like reachability. And you're like, I, I suck at this phone. What's your success rate on app swiping? So app swiping, you just swipe at the bottom. No, <laughs> no, no, you, you just don't. did accessibility. <laughs> just blew it. So app swiping. So far, you, we're at zero percent. You I'm swipe well. along the bottom. What are you doing? <laughs> is I'm not doing. This I'm under pressure. It's all moves. Now you swiping apps. It's like I was so good at archery in practice, and now I'm in the Olympics. I'm just firing arrows into the stands. <laughs> I hate when I get to the Olympics. <laughs> I do way worse than on. I did in practice. <laughs> <laughs> so swiping. This is the Olympics. This is a phone Olympics. That's how to think of as the Vergecast. Yeah. You swipe along the bottom. It's okay. super easy. It's well, fine. That's good. That's good. And then reachability, where you like pull the interface down, right. which is a thing that you desperately need because to get to control center, you got to pull down from the opposite corner. Yeah. You like start halfway on the dock and like pull down. And I'm like I'm getting better right. at it, but it took me a day or two to figure it out. We forgot about the giant waste of space below the keyboard too. Oh yeah, and. and Dan, is this going to be you the whole show? Yeah, basically. Dan, Dan hates the phone. <laughs> Dan hates the phone that he just spent $1,200 on. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you open Safari or the keyboard, there's a huge buffer at the bottom. Safari has a lot of Chrome at the top. The usable content area on this phone consistently mm-hmm. maps to the iPhone 8. A lot of controls get moved into like the top and bottom zone, but you're you're often looking at a thing, especially if you have apps that aren't optimized, so like, Gmail, Google Docs, Apps. Spotify, they all run with what I'm calling software bezels. Yeah. I um, mean, it looks like, you know, uh, uh, our like, managing editor TC yeah, said this earlier that? this week. When you open an app that's not optimized, like Google Maps, it and you look at it, it looks like an iPhone 3G. And right, because like, it's got I the Chrome bezel. See it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's uh, the apps are getting optimized fast. I talked to Apple about this, and I was like, you know, when they moved to the 6, it took forever to, for app developers to update their apps to the six, and you'd see the big, the big time and like this big silly keyboard. That's all still there if you find an app. <laughs> it's like it's like the big silly keyboard is still there on this phone. But Apple's point was, we think it's going to go faster. We're helping developers. We also went through the pain with the six of rolling out auto layout in the dev kit. So auto layout will what, take you a long what, way there. What makes them think it's going to go faster? Like the if anything, when the six came out. It was the new iPhone and the new iPhone that everyone bought, right? This is one of three new iPhones that, you know, half the people or, you know, whatever, buying new iPhones this season or over the next year, maybe buying an 8 or an 8 Plus, and it doesn't matter if the, the app is Right, so they're, they think it's obvious that the people who buy the 10 are, like, early adopters. The they're people. very vocal. They clearly have money to burn. So if you're an app developer and you want to like do in-app purchases or all, all the mm. things that you do subscriptions, you're you're incentivized to like service your richest customers basically. Right. And then the other, so that's one piece of it. So the, there's like incentive there that's financial, and then it's just easier because iOS since the time of the iPhone six has gotten a lot better at laying out apps. Okay. Right. So the auto layout system inside of the dev kit. Is just more useful. I bet that's the, their argument. I bet We're like gonna the, see. the you know the indie developers are going to be the ones all over it. Like they're going to be the ones updating their apps, and they're going to because they get a press cycle out of it. All the the, yeah, the PRs blogs, are coming in. 
you know, we'll cover it. We'll even cover some of the more interesting ones and it's good for them and they'll get more customers from that. I'm more concerned about like Google updating its suite and Microsoft and like all of like the big companies of apps that like I use all the time and rely on every day and are kind of slow and lumbering and take their time doing things. Like I, you know, Google's apps are like, they're, they're kind of good on iOS sometimes, but they take forever to get new iOS features. Like if you're on an iPad and you want to use slide over and split screen and stuff like yeah. that, like, like Google apps, like took forever to get that if they even have it at this point. Right. And so it's, it's I, that's weird. more last, what I'm worried about. The last Google lock update for the iPad actually, they replaced the entire interface with a screen that just says, please buy a pixel book. <laughs> I thought that was very disturbing. Uh, Chase updated its app yesterday. It's having PR. It's like, now we support Face ID. And like, opened it. Sure does. Giant software bezels. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> so Chase, let's, let's be clear. Chase is done. Yeah. They <laughs> shipped Face ID support. They, they the bezels will remain. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, that's my point. Is like, the big apps, like the companies that have zero incentive to update their apps, Google, Microsoft, Chase, these established companies that aren't even selling their apps. They're free apps and you're going to use them anyways. Like, they're not going to – like, that's what I'm worried about, see, waiting for those updates. Yeah. Uh, the one I keep bringing up – this is actually super funny. Uh, I was texting Walt about the phone. He was super interested in it. Um, and I was like, I'm worried about this app thing. He's like, it'll be fine. And I was like, I bet you, uh, like, $10 that Delta will not have updated its app in a year. Because it took Delta two and a half years to remember that the iPhone 6 was out. It's like I'm always on flights. I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, Delta. Like, <laughs> should I tweet at them? This is ridiculous. Like, no, Delta doesn't care. You're still using. Anyway, the so app. I say this to Mossberg, and he just replies, "Well, it's a fucking airline, Neil." <laughs> so, but on the whole, I think that Apple's argument was there's going to be the first immediate wave, then there's going to be like the fast middle. That's what they were calling it, um, and I, I think Google will be in that fast middle. Like YouTube already updated. Okay. Spot. It's in Spotify's best interest to update. Like yeah. They'll probably pull it off, and then there's going to be the the trailing, and everyone's going to have a different selection of the apps that trail. And if you follow, if a lot of your usage is in that, the reality is this phone is going to feel a lot like an iPhone 8 to you. Just you're going to open a bunch of apps, and you're going to get that screen size. How many How many apps are having trouble with the the bunny ears or whatever we're calling them? Because I know there were some when we first got it, like day one. Like Dark Sky was not laying out properly and stuff like that. Uber had that logo under. Yeah, the Uber thing. still do. None of this is a huge. Dark Sky still broken. Um, I was hoping it updated. Love right. you guys, Dark Sky. Great app. Yeah, please. I mean, there's a reason it's on my home screen. <laughs> of all of all apps, please update that. It, it, it's gonna be fine. Like I, I, I'm not actually worried about the bunny ears being a, like you don't do use that a lot. But the overall, the screen is a, this massive upgrade, and whatever little price you pay is the early adopter price. Like yep. the whole world hasn't followed you down this road, but you have a beautiful screen. You're going to be great. You're going to love it. I think it looks way better than Samsung screens. I think it looks way better than the Pixel 2 XL screen. The, like the Pixel 2 XL screen to me is like a deal breaker. I have yeah. one oh, now. absolutely. I agree. And I just like, I don't like looking at it. My SIM card's still in my Pixel 1, which by the way is currently my favorite phone because it's, it's just like a wonderful thing. And I have one, and it took so long to get it, and it's like so special to me. I don't know, if, like I, I, I put I was, my SIM in this, and it automatically re-enrolled me in iMessage. Yeah, boy. And my friend, it, it like, got, it, yeah. it was it like, got, welcome it home. It told all your friends, it's like he's a blue bubble again. It, it's like, <laughs> my friends are like, you're a blue bubble again. And I was like, oh man, I can't do this with you. And then I started sending an emoji, and it was like, oh, I love this, I love it. So maybe it's gonna stay in here. Who knows? All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Our video director Phil Esposito is gonna join us after the break. Let me read this ad this quick, and then Phil's gonna join us. This episode of the Vergecast brought to you by MeUndies. And I'm going to say this. I'm just going to say it. MeUndies makes feel-good undies your butt will be proud to wear. They will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you will ever own. So check it out yourself. Go to MeUndies.com slash Verge. They've got tons of styles and patterns to choose from for both men and ladies. MeUndies has the perfect fit for any personalities. The MeUndies feeling is unmatched because they use a naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton. So for a limited time only, check out MeUndies' first ever glow-in-the-dark print Lights out. Why not update your underwear drawer and glow at the same time? And if underwear isn't your thing, MeUndies also makes socks. They're the softest socks in the world. So to get 20% off the best and soft, softest underwear and socks you'll ever own, potentially glow-in-the-dark underwear, you'll also get free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash Verge. That is MeUndies.com slash Verge. Does your underwear glow in the dark? It, it doesn't yet. Okay. Got to upgrade. Hear that? That was me ordering. <laughs> I heard. 
We're back. Phil. Hi. Hello. I don't think Phil's ever been on the show before. I have not. So Phil, for listeners of the show, Phil's our lead director in the tech group in our video team. He's the one who makes a lot of the reviews that you've been seeing. He, I would say he and I have been on a process, mm-hmm. a journey of discovery together because like he was, if you watched our preview video and there's me talking in the car, that's Phil in the car with me as I'm unboxing the phone. Day and night, Phil and I have been playing with this phone together. Phil, I would describe your current situation as a roller coaster of emotions. Well, I mean, my current situation is in wanting to buy the phone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I was going to pre-order the phone. I was super, I've been all hype since this phone came, you know, I was out in California for it. I was like, this is it. I'm buying it. Uh, I've been using it. For the launch. If you watched our hands-on video, Phil was at the launch event with us and he's the one who shot the hands-on video. Yeah, and the only upsetting part about that was I didn't remember actually touching the phone when I was there. <laughs> Those so, days are terrible. Right, but we're back, and we have the phone, and it's cool, but I don't think I'm going to get it anymore. Why is that? Um, because it's, like, fine. <laughs> wow. It's not a, That's what I mean by a roller coaster. 20 minutes from now, Phil's going to be like, I'm so hyped about this phone. It, it, <laughs> it depends, because it's a cool phone, but at the same time, it's, like, still just a phone, and... I thought it was going to be a little bit cooler, but then I'll do something, and like I'm looking at it right now, and it looks awesome. Yeah, it so really does look awesome. It's like the best-looking phone, and my whole point to that was, you know, Android phones that do the bezel-less thing are kind of like fine because, you know, every Android phone looks different, but when Apple does it, it's a totally new look. So, I don't know. To, I'm I'm seriously, like, I'm going to have you back in 20 minutes, and you're going to be off the charts. Well, I'm currently editing, so I'm going to be... He's a little low. So here's what I really wanted to talk to you about. I'm happy that you shared your story with us. But we published our preview video. Sorry, I'm just being a jerk. (laughs) No, I'm... Thank you for telling us your journey. I I care deeply about your feelings. Uh, But we published a preview video. In that preview video, I had problems outside in bright sunlight Mm and weird lighting. You have been watching me unlock this phone, put it down pick it up and unlock it again. Do you have Phil here to t- see if you're a truth teller? Yes. I'm so, just here to verify. I definitely feel like no one believes <laughs> all right, me. All right. Phil, confirm or deny. Sometimes it was hard for Neilai to unlock the phone. Confirmed. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> no one believed me. Phil, confirm or deny. To sometimes Neilai exaggerate. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. No, but right. even, I, I well, see what's happening here. I, I, I stood next to Neilai many times this week waiting for him to unlock his phone, and he's not exaggerating a ton. Yeah, I mean, when we were shooting... When That's we were, right, Dan. But Dan hates the phone. This is, like, ridiculous. No, see, you guys got me all wrong. I hate out of love. I just want that unused space dude, to be used. Super, I hate out of love. Like, that is the title of your memoir in the airport, dude. <laughs> The Dan Seifert story. I wanted to unlock I hate from love. I, I want the unused space to be used. Like, yeah, that's all I want. Phil, I mean, look when we were when we were shooting the impressions video, uh, it was like clearly hit or miss. There was no like purposely holding it far away. We were like just in your natural doing off camera. The inconsistency like made everything that we shot you know accurate. Yeah, here's what. I- Here's what I've learned, because now I went and talked to Apple about it. They apparently had their engineers watching our preview video and, like, Which is awesome. trying to do, like, Hi, measure Apple. where my hands were. Here's, what, here, here's, here's my final take on it after this week. Face ID works. It is actually a really useful and nice upgrade over Touch ID in a lot of ways. First of all, it worked. It feels just like holding the phone in my face. So, yeah, if you pick up somebody else's phone and point at their face, you can lock their phone. Great upgrade for that particular use case. It's way simpler to set up than Touch ID. It requires virtually no understanding to use in the way that Touch ID sometimes required some understanding to use. Like, I've got to put my finger here. It's going to lock. I'm opening it. You just look at the phone. It's unlocked. It's almost like not having a passcode. So a huge upgrade just in getting people to secure their phone. It is f- fast in almost every lighting condition, and it, like, works. It never failed so bad that I was like, oh, I've got to put in my passcode. Mm-hmm. But it changes how you hold the phone, which is funny because it leads to a lot of you're holding it wrong jokes. So if you're like me and you're always checking your phone just like out of your pocket, you have to move your, how you hold the phone. You have to bring it closer to your face and be more intentional about it. If you're in weird lighting or in particular walking, you definitely have to like 
try harder in a way that you did not have to try with Touch ID. And I, the New York Times published their review today too, and they noted walking around in sunlight didn't always work. Do you wish there was a fingerprint sensor on the back? No, I, it, it has not occurred to me that I want that. Okay. So that's what I mean. Like it is a good and useful upgrade over Touch ID. Apple is on the warpath. I think if you read some of the friendlier publications to Apple, they're making a lot of comparisons to Touch ID in the early days. But I think that's somewhat disingenuous in that we are well past the early days of Touch ID. So if, you, if you're if you here with a good thing that works mm-hmm. and you hit reset, you can't be like, but remember three years ago? It w- it's just like three years ago. Like yeah. you've set an expectation of how things should work and now you're hitting reset. You've got to just accept, you got to just take the lumps. But I think the lumps are worth it because it mostly works. But sometimes it doesn't. Like I woke up this morning. It was early. I wasn't wearing my glasses. I picked up my phone and like had it close to my face. Didn't unlock. It was just too close to my face. So I had to like change how I held the phone this morning, which is fine. But I, you're going to notice that a lot. To be fair, I, I have lots of, I don't know, I get like sweaty thumbs. I have lots of problems with Touch ID. Maybe I didn't set it up right. Yeah. Like there are a lot of times where or it's just my phone is like wet because I'm in the rain or something like that. There are a lot of times when I end up putting in my passcode. Yeah. So, and then the coolest thing we did with Face ID is we, Phil and Tom, our, Connor's our other director, figured out we can just get a night vision camera. So we have, well, explain it. Uh, so if you use any camera with a infrared mode, basically, which like turns on night mode, and you shoot, we actually, we figured this out from the Xbox Connect because the Connect does it the same exact way, which just like makes total sense that this is a baby Connect. Uh, it shows all the dots on your face and it looks really, really insane. Do you have to, if you're using a night vision camera, because typical night vision camera has its own like flashlight of so ours just like how you can turn that on and off oh, okay. so we just like keep it off uh, but yeah normally a night vision camera is like projecting an ir light uh, but this one's like really great it's which basically. one what, what do we have uh it's some canon like <laughs> handy cam <laughs> literally it's like i think it's like two hundred dollars wasn't it i thought it, was just a, it used to be like a sony thing like yeah sony had night shots yeah. oh yeah there we go it yeah, was green and, and well, famously green there was a Sony's, and there, I want to say there was Panasonic's night mode that got in trouble yeah. because it actually like worked like an X-ray mode, and you could see people's underwear. This is like a controversy nice. ten or fifteen years ago with camcorders. This was a cam- Look controversy. It up, kids. Panasonic ginned up to sell camcorders. <laughs> <laughs> that that it just like, didn't work. Um, so the way it works is super cool, uh, and you can watch it in our video because we figured out how to tape it. So the you anytime you do a wake action, like you raise the phone, you tap the screen, click the button. The system engages for like five seconds. It flashes the IR illuminator, which is a fancy word for flashlight, I've discovered. If you watch our videos, that's the thing that's blinking. If the IR camera sees a face, the dot projector just like blinks on really fast. It's really fast. But it's like more than a face. It's your eyes. Because if you're pointing it at your face and your eyes are closed, it's still just the giant orb of light. But as soon as you open up your eyes... It flicks all the dots on right away. Yeah. And so then, it's like looking for your eyes, I Yeah, guess. it's looking They're for looking attention. For your, you can for, turn that off Yeah, in accessibility, but it's looking for your eyes. So if it sees your eyes, it flashes the dot projector. It takes a super fast picture with the IR camera. The dots go off, the camera goes off. That gets hashed into a mathematical model and then compared in the to the model, the hash, stored in the secure enclave on the A11. That's like a lot of steps, and it works really, really fast. Yeah, the the important point or one important point is that even though you have to open your eyes to trigger it and make it work, it's not using your iris or your eyes as identifiers like say Samsung system with yeah. the Note 8 does. It's 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 using the entire face. Yeah, so it's creating the step map of your face, hashing it into a, a basically long string of numbers, compares the numbers. If you use emoji or portrait mode on the front cam, it just keeps the dots on all the time. And we have the demo of the Snapchat app which is like the better Mass, it's not out yet. We just like a demo mode version that we have. Mm-hmm. It keeps the dots on all the time. And there's like a little controversy here. Reuters published a thing that's like app developers get this data. So it's not the face ID data, which is the hash that unlocks the phone. It's this other data about like muscles moving. It's the same stuff Animoji does. They basically, uh, I looked at the API, they, they give you basically a 3D mesh of a face. Yeah. It's like, here's a 3D mesh. Do whatever you want with this 3D mesh of a face. That's wild. Um, but it's really cool and it works. It works really well. Like it's the t- 
is this a good replacement for Touch ID? Is it going to work? Is it going to fail? So I, I, I don't know. I the inconsistencies I've experienced are all about me having to adapt to the phone, which I have many many feelings about. But if you are willing to adapt to the phone, it just seems to work. What it? What's your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like at the end of the day, all it comes down to is adapting to the phone. Which like YouTube comments are super quick to say that like that's fine, but like in use, it is like pretty annoying. And anytime, <laughs> I mean, it is like why? Like, there's no reason why you should have to change your whole life to do something that you've been doing for years, just like unlocking your phone. Um, but like other than that, if you follow Apple's criteria, it works fine. Yeah, the roller coaster with Phil, by the way, is very deep. This yeah, is I'm actually pre-ordering one right now. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is specifically why I wanted him. <laughs> like we're in the valley, <laughs> so we're gonna come out of it. I'm buying four. Yeah. <laughs> well, when the week started, Phil was like, "I'm so excited. We get this phone. It's finally here. We've got a Pixel right now." He's I like, "I hate Pixel. this thing. Just chucking it in the trash can." I, I, I get love it, that. man. I, I like the Pixel. I, I wouldn't say well. I hate the Pixel. Pixel is like solid. It's the best Android phone aside from the Pixel 2. Actually, I forgot that one's out. Because of the screen. All right, Phil, yeah. we're going to let you go because you've got to edit the video. I, w- I do need to edit this video. If you I'll are listening to this, please go on YouTube and watch all of Phil and the rest of our video teams. Andrew did all the audio on the video. Yeah, I mean, this was a huge effort from everybody. Will, Will Joel, our art director, did a bunch of crazy animations, including the opening shot. Which it's sick. You it's have to really see. awesome. It's so yeah. cool. Okay, we're going to let you get back to it, Phil. We're going to read an ad. Ash is going to come back. And talk about emojis. This episode of the Vergecast brought to you by Squarespace. You ready to start a new business? Make it stand out with Squarespace. Beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your ideas into a new and new unique website. You can showcase your work, your blog. You can publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds with just a few clips. You can also customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Not to mention, everything is ready for mobile out of the box. And you can use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. Best of all, nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. But if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning 24-7 customer support to help you out. The future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. Hmm. It's a different one. Yeah. That one sounds like you're just kind of along for the ride, though. I really liked an idea or a dream is just an idea without a website. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. But anyway, the future is coming. Make it brighter with Squarespace. That's this week's. Anyway, you can go to Squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code VERGE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's Squarespace.com, offer code VERGE. All right, we're back. Ashley's back. Hello, I'm back. The headphones are warm from Phil's head, and it's nice because it's cold in here. (laughs) It's cold in here. (laughs) So, Ash, what do you think of the phone? It's honestly like what what Paul said earlier totally resonated where it looks best when it's at the home screen or the lock screen. Like It's like, wow. In the Apple Store, you're going to be like, Wow. But then once you start clicking around into apps, it's like, hmm, this is not as beautiful as I thought it was. <laughs> like when you went into Spotify, I was like, this almost looks worse than my 6S that I'm using. Wow. Harsh. Dan. Dan's just hating, man. <laughs> I, I agree. I think it looks lovely when it's sitting on the table and the screen is on. Wow. Me yeah, and Dan it, agree. Home screen number one. <laughs> yeah, the home screen looks yeah, home great. screen is great. I'm, I'm starting to, I'm quite taken with it. All right. So Ashley, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. I think Animoji, and we're going to send these to Phil. <laughs> I think Animoji are easily the best feature of this phone. And really? I'm in love with them. I think they're, like, I'm just watching myself talk right now, and I'm a little fox, and it's delightful. <laughs> so what does the fox say? <laughs> I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah, please, Dan, you have done enough today. Um, but you are the one with the hip internet culture podcast. So I want to ask you what you think of this situation. And you, I like. I think you used one once, real fast. Yeah. But yeah, this I, is like I, your first deep experience with it. So this yeah, is real like I didn't get to reactions. do a full range. Yeah. Wait, which emoji are you, Ashley? Okay, so you can choose between a monkey, a robot, a cat, a dog, an alien, a fox, a poop, a pig, a panda, a bunny. There's actually a lot. A rooster, or chicken, or something, or a unicorn. Honestly, I feel most attracted to either the cat or the panda. The panda's good. I like the panda because it has fangs. Yeah. Which is kind of <laughs> concerning. Um, so Apple told me, by the way, the Animoji are terrible at winking. Uh, well, I said to Apple, these Animoji are terrible at winking. And they're like, we know. And then they hinted they that they were. Oh, my God. It looks like, really it looks like you have a Twitch or something. Like, if you have a friend who's bad at winking or you're bad at winking, the Animoji are worse. And you know how friends who are bad at winking are hilarious? 
Okay, equally they're hilarious. They're not bad at winking. They can't wink. You can, you can get them to wink. It takes it takes a lot of doing. I feel like the wink is the one thing I would want to do with an emoji before sending. So it. I, so Apple was like, that'd be great for an upgrade. We we know we we know about the <laughs> winking situation. Okay, the alien's amazing. <laughs> the alien's real good. <laughs> Because it doesn't have eyebrows. So the it's monkey fun. is real good. I'm asking <laughs> Ashley's so distracted. Are these are these as important as I think they are? It's just gonna be fun. Yeah. They're great. Like I can totally see myself if I had an iPhone 10 spamming people. Where can you these. use these? Is it just iMessage? No. This is actually notably for Apple. Anywhere where MOV files can be played. Yeah. So if you have Android friends, you can send them an MMS, iMessage. Obviously, you send one, and then there's like a little check mark that's like, you're still in jail, but this is delightful. And then if you just want to export it as an MOV, you can just get it out of there. But what what possible relevance would an emoji have versus like if you could do something similar in Snapchat? Well, so that's what I was just thinking. Because like I have multiple friends who think that the world is like fascinated with furries. Like there's this whole f- theory about like filters as animals and we just want to be like furries and I don't know there's I don't know wait please complete that song go on (laughs) (laughs) well it's just really weird that every like Instagram filters for stories and Snapchat's AR filters most of them the most popular ones are animals and it's like what's up with our fascination with becoming animals and then that ties into like furry culture where it's like are we all just secretly wanting to be furries maybe apparently my fursona is a fox because that is my animoji I think it's that or the monkey. Well, it, yeah, there you go. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I got to try thinking about, apparently there's also this like acting test where you can determine your inner and outer animal. And I was, someone told me my inner animal was a koala. And I was like, that's so inaccurate. Anyway. <laughs> What's um, wrong with a koala? <laughs> what Ko- characteristics does a koala have? The laziest of the bears? Yeah, I was like, damn, I'm, am I that lazy? <laughs> I don't know about quotes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the key difference is that on Snapchat, yes, you can save the files, but they never look as good. Like, I'm not going to text you a Snapchat. Same with the Insta stories. Yeah, it's Snapchat filtering. was built from the ground up. This is made for iMessage sharing, which is the most, and just sharing in general, but iMessage particularly is where you're having those group chats with your friends. This is a good move. You could just be like, here's what I think of that alien face. Boom. Done. So, what's <laughs> alien face attempting to wink? There's a, yeah. They're missing a feature to make that work. Which is they always have sound. You can't mute the animoji. They make sound. Yeah. So what you're supposed to do? See, these are like vi- voice memos. They're voice memos. You, what you're supposed oh. to do is be like, so when I when it automatically re-enrolled me in iMessage on my like group text with my friends, like they all got a monkey screaming, "I'm back on the blue bubbles," which was great and a delight. And then yeah, my so my fun. friend Vipin immediately texted me back and was like, "That was worth a thousand dollars." But you say you can't mute them. So if what I want to do is just like do the big eyes as just like a single, yeah, just, just like a, a, a reaction. A, a, so what you if you them. like my phone lives on silent? Will. Like, do I never hear them or no? They, they just sit there. You just unsilent and play them. Yeah, you can but like that. I don't want to unsilent. Well, yeah. then you don't get to participate in animoji. Music on <laughs> yeah, Dan. well, music plays on silent mode. Like you hit play and music plays. I'm yeah. just curious as to what happens with the emojis. I guess we can find out. All right, let's do some Okay, science. I just want to say that this is an infinitely better effect than iOS 10 with the, like, blow-up text. Yeah. The Sent t- with lasers. Like, this is so much better and it's going to be used so much more widely than lasers and... I'm back on the blue bubbles. Yep. <laughs> wow, Eli wasn't lying <laughs> so about that text. So it's your voice. <laughs> yeah, of course it's my voice. You are the emoji. And it just loops forever. <laughs> back on the blue bubbles. It just loops forever. <laughs> Forever and ever and ever and ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have to can, turn that off. This is the worst radio in history. Can we update the Verge review and it's just that? <laughs> I really did send that to all my stuff. <laughs> I'm back on the blue bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is what my friends expect from me. Is You're the Man Now Dog still, still a website? Anyway, so <laughs> the answer is it plays when a phone's on mute. But you have to click the icon. It's interesting to me that you really love Animoji because when they announced the iPhone X, I remember I wrote a piece about how like self they were really marketing selfies and Animoji, and I was like, yeah. this is all for I'm going to use the word millennials who love to take pictures of themselves and to text, and it's cool that you really like it too because it's <laughs> <just> <laughs> <you're> old. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because I can see you slowly dying every day. As 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 a, a member of Gen X, which has been slowly dying since the late eighties. But I assume yeah. you're not. You know, you're not taking. Are you taking a ton of selfies on no. the reg and gonna like sending emoji and reading into like the deeper message of the emoji that was sent to you by your wife? I'm sure not. The only emoji my wife ever sends me is the the lady who's like, stop. Because <laughs> I'm like, what if we name our daughter Shadow? And like, I just, oh that picture God. shows up. Absolutely like, appropriate emoji yeah, That's for that. like the main emoji. Oh, it's the two hands crossed. Yeah, that's that great. one. That's yeah. awesome. That's like the main. I think that's like just like her keyboard is just that button. <laughs> Most frequently <laughs> used. <laughs> yeah, like, so just that one. Um, yeah, I don't really send a ton. I, I don't know. It's just it's never occurred to me that having built a career on the use of words that I should then transition to pictures. Um, I have tried to take selfies, but I'm not very good at it. Um, I've been trying a lot because it has portrait mode. Yeah, I wanted selfies. to hear about the selfie portrait mode. Uh, well, you should try one. Yeah. Tell me if you think it's good. I think the Pixel 2 does a way better job of portrait mode selfies. I don't think this portrait camera is any good. Um, it's the same portrait camera as ever. Right? It's just lighting up the... Um, it's lighting up the true depth dots. So the dots are on right now. When you do an emoji, the dots are on. And it, it's fine. It works. It blurs out the background. Yeah. I think the Pixel does a way better job with the front cam. The portrait photos from the rear cameras, way better on the iPhone. And then Dan and James Barham, our creative director, and Becca, one of our other video directors, and Corey, one, like just a lot of people staring moment. at comparison photos today from the iPhone 8, the iPhone 10 the Note 8, and the Pixel 2, and no one agreed on anything, basically. No, we could not reach consensus. I will say, when my question, the thing that drove people to a decision, and a consistent decision, was when I said to people, when looking at pictures of themselves that James had taken with all the phones, which one would you post on Instagram? Most people picked the Pixel 2, mm. which I think is fascinating, because the Pixel 2 is way more aggressive with contrast. I think it takes like more evocative photos. And James is always telling me the Pixel 2 gives him more to work with. Yeah. The iPhone takes great photos. Like, don't, I don't think they're bad. I think the Pixel 2 is just a little bit ahead of that curve in terms of evocative photos. Dan does not agree with me. Well, I agree that the, the Pixel images are more evocative uh, or whatever you want to say because they do have like more aggressive contrast and stuff. But like, I think of when I'm taking a portrait or a picture of a person, that's not what I want because it's not a flattering look for a lot of portraits. So in my take was when we were looking at the portraits uh, side by side, um, I often liked the iPhone 8s or the iPhone 10s portrait image the best because it had nicer skin tone rendition. It wasn't as like aggressively sharp. Like the the pixel wasn't over sharpened, but it was... It was like if it had been sharpened for a landscape photo as opposed to a portrait. And if you do sharpening after the effect, after the fact as a photographer, generally for portraits, you are trying not to, uh, to go too sharp because it's not a flattering look on skin. And so the iPhone wasn't aggressive there. The color was a little better. And it was just a more pleasing portrait image. I prefer my portrait images to be gritty and realistic <laughs> and look like the person just had like a hard night on the town. And that's why I like the Pixel. But when we were like, which one would you gram right now? Yeah. Consistently, yeah. the answer was the Pixel. I mean, a lot of people were wrong, but yes. <laughs> Dan, you're really playing a character on this episode of the Rush stage, The stage lighting looks real bad. This, on I, front, just on front I, I just got watching, lost into uh, that. While Neela wow. was talking about something, uh, I was watching uh, Ashley play with the, the uh, portrait mode camera on the front, and I kind of like tried to photobomb her photo a little bit and she switches over to the stage lighting mode <laughs> right. and it just blacks me all out. What do you think? <laughs> the portrait mode on the selfie mode is fine. I mean, fine. First, yeah. like a selfie doesn't have to be the best photo in the world. If I look good in it, that's all I care about. And as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> if the background's blurred and the attention's on me, you're in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but You're stage in. lighting. Whew. No, that, did, that's, that that's bad. And I hope modes, that never takes over Instagram. The lighting modes. So when we reviewed the eight, I was like, this is going to be everywhere. I've seen it zero times. Because it's bad. Have you seen it on yours? I mean, my feed is mostly like pictures of other people's I kids. I mean, part, so. part of it is not a lot of people own the eight or eight plus. Because most of the people that would have bought it in September have waited for the 10. But the other part is... It looks bad. <laughs> like it's Dan, just, just like, hate. I know not like Dan, name something you like. I love the display. 
<laughs> of the iPhone. No, a, pro- a complete he, product he that you like. He loves peanut butter cups. Yeah, peanut butter cups. Oreos. I, I, most Oreos are delicious. <laughs> not all of them. There's nuance. You can't say life is not, you know, yes or no questions. Uh, but like, you know, stage lighting is like one of those things where it's like, I can't believe it shifted If you in are state. listening to this show and you think that I'm the cranky one, I just want you to know <laughs> that I am well-tempered every day in my job at Dan Seaver. <laughs> I'm not cranky. I just want things to be better. Well, and Dan sits across from Paul and I, and mm. it's seriously like the home improvement fence. It's like, <laughs> it's like. Dan's like, what? What you guys get hyped about something over there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> let, let me deflate that hype bubble for All right. you. All right. We're, we've got it. We're coming to the end here. Uh, I assure you, we will be talking more about the iPhone 10 in the weeks to come. But, Paul, every week. Yeah. Without fail. Oh, and Ashley's here. Hey, the Circuit Breaker duo. Yeah. Every week, Paul does a segment. What's it called? It's called Can Form an Emotional Bond with Members of the Household While Providing Them with Love, Affection, and the Joy of Nurturing and Raising a Companion. That's catchy. Okay. That's yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> uh, Sony's back. Back with the IBO. Ibo 2017. The Ibo? Yes. The dog? The robot dog. It's a real animal themed show today. That they <laughs> killed. <laughs> they, they killed it. <laughs> I've been so. So, Sony had like the most advanced like, consumer robotics. Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s, Sony's was, was the ish. And they just completely. Because remember, uh, who was it? Creo? There, there was like the their. Di- that was a dinosaur, right? No, 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 no. No, Creo is their humanoid. Yeah, 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 this guy. He, you'd see him, like, dancing and stuff, but they never actually, like, sold him. Like, he think he was in, like, a he was in like a, like a music video. But Don't call it him. It. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> Don't gender the robots. I say it every week. I'm, I'm always gendering the robots. Uh, yeah, they just, like, they just, they were cutting back, back in the, like, mid-2000s, and they just, Stop making robots, and it's been really sad. And yeah. now they're back with a new Ibo. It's only for Japan right now. The Ibo was like. beloved. Yeah. Well, this one looks very belovedable. <laughs> it has. The, it looks it more has, like a dog. Thing, now, yeah, right? it looks like an actual dog. Toy. It has LCD eyes, and I don't know. Sometimes the LCD eyes can can be a little creepy. <laughs> was it you? I feel like I was just talking to someone on the verge about these robotic dogs. Before, we didn't know about this announcement. Because I was saying I owned like a ripoff Sony robot dog named oh, Poochie. Yeah. yeah, who were we talking to about? We definitely had this. Yeah, and I was like, Poochie was real. But I'm, anyways, I'm very excited. It's going to be like seventeen hundred dollars. It's got a, a, a subscription fee so that they can uh, make it smarter using the cloud. It's basically going to use machine learning to learn how to be more adorable to you. Um, how much does it cost? Seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's actually. You buy a real dog for that. January 11th, like 2018. In 17 real dogs. <laughs> in Japan. 1,700 real dogs. Where do dogs come from? <laughs> also, there's an optional air bone. No, eye bone. Eye bone. Yeah. It's like a bone. I'm into this. We got to get one. That's got to be on the Circuit Breaker show. That's yes. the move. It's only in Japan. Sam Byford gets to have the most fun. He does have the most fun. Although I will say the giant speakers you brought on the Circuit Breaker show the other day, (laughs) that the huge Sony one also, I think only in Japan, because not out here yet. I think Sony's willing to send it. Only in Japan and also in the middle of our newsroom. Yeah, it's not leaving. It's still there. No one knows how to send it back. (laughs) We have a lot of giant speakers. Um, Okay, there's there's a little bit of additional phone news. So here's what I say. I know we have not nearly talked about the entire iPhone X, but here's what I'd like you to do if you're listening. Watch the video. It's on YouTube. Read the review. It's very long. It's on the website. Send us even more questions. Dieter will be back next week. I'm sure we're going to talk about this phone again. But there's a little bit of other news that I just want to wrap up with, which originally Dan pitched us that the entire show should be about the HTC U11. I, th- I thought that would be an interesting topic of conversation for an hour. Well, here's the <laughs> how. <laughs> well, here's the one bit that I just want to bring up. Uh, Vlad scooped this today. The HTC U11 was originally supposed to be the Pixel 2, 
Excel. I'm going to correct you one little bit there, yeah. and it's an important distinction. It's the new U11 Plus that was okay. announced this morning. Because the U11 was announced earlier this year. That had nothing to do with the Pixel. But the U11 Plus that was announced this morning, it's a 6-inch, um, 18x9 uh, display. Basically, it's like the U11 uh, from earlier this year, but it's got a, you know, edge-to-edge display, bezel-less display, or whatever you want to call those. Uh, and Vlad, as, as you noted, reported that uh, that was originally going to be the Pixel 2 XL um, before Google switched paths, and then HTC took it and then redeveloped it into the U11+, Plus, which is pretty wild. Why did they do that? My guess, and, and Vlad has a very similar uh, proposition in the article, is... Google is super hot on Daydream, even though nobody uses which it. Which is their VR. Which is their VR system. Yeah, nobody uses it. Uh, it's not popular. Don't don't get any impression that it is. But Google wants its phones that say Google on them to support Daydream the best that it possibly can. And that means it uses an OLED display. And HTC has not used OLED displays in its phones regularly at all, if at all, in a long time. And it doesn't have the clout with the component suppliers to get the OLED screens into its phones, even though they were able to do it with Samsung Samsung OLEDs last year for the Pixel 1. That said, it meant that Google chose OLED, went with LG to build the phone, got an LG OLED, and look at where that got us. So maybe they should have forgotten about Daydream for a minute. Eh, I don't know. The U11 looks very nice. I've got one right here. I got a U11, not a plus, but I have the original, the first U11 right here. And you like it. I think it is a very good performing phone at a good price. But every time I pick it up, I think it feels super cheap. It feels slimy. Yeah. I mean, have you held? Let Let me hold the slime phone. So, so my question with the U11 Plus yeah. story, <laughs> she's just making a face. Um, is is the reason that U11 feels slimy is because it's got this like curved black glass back, which looks very cool, striking and, uh, when it's brand new, and as soon as you touch it, it gets really fingerprinty and gross. Um, and so the U11 Plus has almost the exact same thing, uh, and I just wonder what a Google version of that phone would have looked like because surely it would not have had an all glass back; it would have been metal and partial glass. Or I mean, I think we're just in a moment. Dieter's been making this point over and over again. Like, every phone is compromised in some way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And I, I think, you know, the so the Pixel 2 XL has the screen issue. The Samsung Galaxy S8 has some Bixby button. It does. In, in, in Bixby. <laughs> the Essential phone has a bad camera. The iPhone 8 is not the iPhone 10. <laughs> it's just like, that's its essential flaw. Um, and the iPhone X is just very expensive. I don't, I think a lot of people were like, the notch is a break. It's not. It's fine. Yeah. It's just really, really expensive. And you're going to pay this like early adopter tax of all these apps not being up there right. for a while. In addition to what you're actually physically laying out for the phone. Or yeah. In, so, in but that's, terms. Yeah. if you got the money, you're going to buy the phone. Yeah. You're going to be very happy. But there's not like the just get this one and be fine. The way right. like, the iPhone 4, in my mind, was for so long to just, like, pay the money for the iPhone 4. It is by far the best product. I mean, you could life. say that all the way to, like, the iPhone 6S, I think. It's, yeah. like, hands down, pay the money for the iPhone. You're going to get a good experience. If you want to be weird and use an Android phone, do that. But that's young. Yeah. So, I, we're just it's a moment. But I think this the 10, I'm just, like, I've used it all week. I have not, in the way that when I use the iPhone, the, the iPhone 8, the little one, I found myself just wanting the plus because I wanted the screen size. I haven't found myself in that zone with this yet. The face ID stuff works. I I I think next week we're going to talk a lot about adaptation to the phone because I'll have another week of using it. Mm-hmm. I think all of Apple's products demand that you change your life around them now in a way that I find increasingly ridiculous. Right? So, like, there's no headphone jack on this phone. Apple's solution to that is that you buy some of their headphones. They like created a problem. They sell you a solution. <laughs> the the all of their laptops was like Dongle City. Um, by the way, uh, Helen Havlack is our. I think she was on your show last week. Yeah, she's our editorial director. She's writing a piece for us, which she rarely does because she's so incensed that you cannot buy a good, cheap USB C headphone adapter. They're all like crazy expensive. Like we just live in this world where all these products are suddenly demanding literally adapters, if not like physical or lifestyle adaptations <laughs> to them. And I, it's just like, that's the thing I'm thinking about the most right now, right? Like Apple's laptops, 
our our pot the podcast director at Vox Media, Nishat. Every time I see her, she's got a new 15-inch MacBook Pro with a little USB-C dongle with a USB-C plugged into it because there are, like, very few USB-C thumb drives in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we're just in that zone with these things. And I I'm, I'm read a lot of other coverage of the iPhone X this week. A lot of it is very glowing to the point where some of it is, like, literally a fucking romance novel. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. And to me, I just keep coming back to the fact that this is a product that the richest company in the world wants $1,000 from you in order to own. And it's a product. It's the same set of trade-offs as literally any other product that you might buy. It has some very big ideas, particularly on what the cameras are for in terms of unlocking an AR, all the stuff that Apple's doing. But if you're not just pretty dead sober about you spent some money, did you get that value back? And what is it asking of you? You're going you're gonna to end up in a week. You're going to tie yourself in knots. So we're going to keep talking about this phone because I think it's really interesting. But more and more... I think I'm fascinated by how much this technology asks us to adapt to it instead of being adapted to us, which coincidentally is like what your whole show is about, right? It's like emergent behaviors around the things. It comes full circle. It's all full circle. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. So after staring into, as Paul described it, the portal Mm -hmm. for a week, does my 6S look ancient to you? No, because it looks like an iPhone 8. no, you know, my other phone, so this phone, like I said, every 10 minutes somebody takes this phone away from me to like shoot a picture of it or like shoot some video or something. And my backup phone has been my Pixel all week. And I have not picking up a Pixel 1, not a Pixel 2. Um, and I keep picking up my Pixel 1 and using it, and it's fine. Like I don't feel like, oh my God, these bezels are killing me. And I, I think if you're going from this phone, the 6, the 7, the 8, to the 10 – you're going to perceive this massive difference in your life. If you already had a big phone, you're going to perceive that you're now holding a smaller thing, right? And, like, that difference is not quite as much, right? It's just like a phys- the physical thing you're holding got smaller. It's not the, – the portal didn't get bigger. So that, it's just kind of where my head's at with that. But it doesn't look ancient because this is also, like, the most modern phone Apple sells. Like, it's – other flagship looks just like that without a headphone jack. Um, which is a huge mistake. Um, is that it? Just, I just was reading our website. Great headline went up right when we started recording. Google is apparently shipping some Pixel 2 XLs without an operating system. No, <laughs> what no, are they doing? No bloatware. <laughs> what are they doing? Oreo is really good. I love using Oreo. Well, you know, sometimes you get a phone and it doesn't have it. It's just like, how are they... <laughs> How are they blowing it with this phone? Oh, it's so disappointing. I think we should also say Razer launched its first phone this week. It's did. It, it looks like a square. It looks like a brick. It is an enormous platter of a phone. Yeah. It, is a it has bit. one cool redeeming feature, and that is the display technology runs at 120 hertz, which they worked with Google to enable Android to run at 120 frames per second. So it's basically the iPad Pro 10.5's ProMotion But does it ramp down again? And it ramps down. It's on, it's, it's on the fly. So like if you're just holding the phone... Sitting there reading a web page, it's not. It'll it'll scale yeah. down as soon as you interact with it. It ramps back up. That's awesome. And if you are watching a movie or something that's not at 120 frames per second, like 24 frames per second, it will scale accordingly, appropriately. That's it's very like cool. The future of everything. It's, yes, it's, it's the coolest thing about that phone. And um, it's the, the phone thing about itself the iPad is Pro. basically yeah. It's, the phone is basically a tech demo. So what I'm excited is seeing that tech make it to actual devices I want to use. Yeah. You mean you don't want the Razer branded dongle that comes with it? Uh, yes. Other note, uh, this phone is like the size of France, and they still <laughs> couldn't find a room for a headphone jack, gonna... even though Razer owns THX. They could have at least put some lights in it so it lights up or something. Yeah. What are you doing, Razer? Where's <laughs> the dragon? They, they did put two speakers, each with their own amps on it, so the thing gets ridiculously loud if you're not using headphones. But If you're, if you're gaming. If you're gaming. <laughs> Just Android gaming away on this phone. That's exciting. Let's get one of those. Also, tomorrow. Yeah, uh, uh, well, you know, we got the the iPhone 10 review going up tomorrow. And then if you are a gamer, we got some fun stuff going up as well. The The Xbox, Tom Warren has been reviewing the Xbox One X, and that will be going up tomorrow. So you got chock full of of good stuff. Diverge.com slash guidebook. Yeah, it's a big plug. It's a big Mm -hmm. new Xbox. You know, I bought a PS4 Pro, and now I watched all, like, the unboxing videos and the thing. Well, what did you buy it for? Uh, to play Madden. Okay, so then you bought the right thing. Really? 
Because like the games, like the PS4 Pro is better if you're a gamer. The Xbox One X is better if you want a whole home entertainment system. Oh, spoilers. And also, yeah, this is a great teaser for the review if you haven't read it yet by the time you're listening to this. The Xbox One X does not light up all the lights. No, I know, right? It, it has HDR but not Dolby Vision. That's correct. I knew this. I'm on it. Dan keeps assigning me TV box reviews. <laughs> By the way, I was made to review a random fucking Roku this week. That's also on the website. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> like, you... was. He just gave it to me. <laughs> I was like, here, fine. I'll review it. It's a Roku. Done. It's fine. Does not light up all the lights. Does not, <laughs> does not light up all the lights. I'm working on it. Uh, I will say that my two-light review system for TV devices seems to have really taken the internet by storm, so we're sticking with it. Yeah. Um, okay, let's plug some other stuff. Ashley, you've got Why Would You Push That Button, which is great, with Caitlin Tiffany. Andrew produces this show, produces that show. That's Tuesdays. great. You should listen to it. It comes out on Tuesdays. Ashley, Paul, Haim, Jake, and I also do the Circuit Breaker show, which is super fun to do. It's like one of my favorite parts of the week. That is Tuesdays. Live. Live. Video. This week we we'll have speakers. We have more speakers we have this more week. more speakers this week. That's, that's why we do that show. Uh, that's live on Twitter at 4 p.m. The replays on the site on Wednesdays. Megan Farouk-Manesh, Russell Brandon, and I host the Mr. Robot After Show. We're, man, we're doing a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this week we had Carly Chaykin, who plays Darlene. Next week, this is actually really cool. Next week... We're going to be on USA right after Mr. Robot. So Robot's going to end on TV. The after show is going to be on because we got Sam Esmail himself, the creator of Mr. Robot. So if you're in, watching Mr. Robot, watch you're the after show. on real TV? Nice. On, we're on the real TV. Wow. We're going to light up cool. both lights. No, it's going to be Sign up for your cable service now. <laughs> Please sign up for cable. Get your YouTube TV trial. Uh, yeah. Well, Mr. Robot this season is real good. I'm not saying that just because I host the after show. Like We actually made a very aggressive deal with USA to be editorially independent. Because I was like, I'm not just going to like do your thing. Um, this season, last season, pretty slow. This season, really fun. So if you're watching Mr. Robot, uh, watch our after show because we're doing that. And then we have a whole range of podcasts from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I will not name any of Ezra Klein's shows, but they're available. <laughs> but our friends at Recode, great, great shows. Lauren Good, who's on this show all the time, one of our senior editors. Next Level's coming back. Next week. Next week. She'll be on the show. We'll do the weekly segments with her starting when Next Level starts. But her show, Too Embarrassed to Ask with Kara Swisher, is available. Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode. Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media. If you're a media nerd, must listen. All that's on iTunes. Rate it, review it. I got to say, I'm, I can't stop plugging your show, Ash. Why'd you push that button? Great reviews on iTunes in the new and noteworthy number one trending pocket cast. This show's a real piece of garbage. That show's great. Yeah. <laughs> or the yeah. or a sinking flagship <laughs> <laughs> no we're still there we're doing our thing yeah but we're, we're the sinking. other boats are growing up is Look, that what boats do if you're, if you're not floating you're sinking <laughs> if you're not first you're, all, right. all right that is our show a real calamity of a show as always please send us more questions about the iphone 10 watch the review read the review please god keep reading the internet because words are important we can't do this with just emojis but maybe Maybe we'll just transition. We're going to pivot this show to Animotions. <laughs> All right, that's it. Goodbye. Rock and roll. Paul. Promo code. Mm -hmm. That's what Dieter says. <laughs>